Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's special edition of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself and my co-host, Frankie Nicolazzi. Um, the reason why we're doing this pod today on a Sunday is because the Novak Djokovic situation has yet again changed and also in dramatic fashion since we last recorded and updated you guys on the situation. The man has now been deported from Australia and is no longer going to be participating in this year's Australian Open, which is a shock to the both of us and I think most of the tennis world. Frank, would you agree? Yeah, I think this is uh, this is going to be one of the biggest sort of stories in all of sports, if not the biggest story in all of sports right now. And uh, this is going to have pretty big ramifications for, you know, the topics that we talked about in terms of greatest of all time. And I think we just mentioned, like, we just did a what ifs episode. <laughs> like, this is going to potentially go down now as probably the biggest what if in tennis history, along with the U.S. Open where he uh, whacked a line judge. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I would like to point out that on the first episode that we did on Novak Djokovic, I said that there was something that felt funny about this. And that was, the, I, I mentioned that to you. I mentioned it on the podcast. Something felt off. Just like that classic Novak feeling of, like, I don't know what you did but I know it's sneaky. And sure enough, (laughs) we got our answer. It was sneaky. It was lying. And like Novak has effectively buried himself. And um, yeah, if I was Novak, I think he needs to um, really take a look at his PR team. He needs to take a look at the people around him and, and have some serious discussions because this was just a colossal, colossal mess. Uh, so Marcus, why don't you just give us sort of a, you know, an independent news breakdown. What has happened since the last time that we spoke about Novak Djokovic? Right. So the last time we spoke about him, Frank, he was being uh, held in a quarantine hotel awaiting his court trial, um, which ended up going to court and he actually was acquitted, um, of the charges of illegally entering Australia. So they let him go. Um, however, the health minister and the prime minister of Australia do have the right to revoke his visa again under their law, which they ended up choosing to do after a few days. So that basically sent his case back to court. Um, they ended up re-detaining him in the hotel. So they took him out of the uh, Australian open practice site and brought him back, um, to that favorite hotel that he's been at and uh, his lawyers went back at it Um, except this time the federal court in Australia ruled in favor of the government that uh, he had not adequately uh, provided sufficient evidence Um, and he had broken a couple of laws we had found out that he tested positive for COVID on December 16th um, and he had been at a couple events in Serbia without a mask kind of just YOLOing it, you know, but that really has nothing to do with this. Actually, the pro- the real problem was he lied on his immigration form and said that he did not travel within 14 days before uh, going to Australia, which was a lie because we do have video evidence of him in Serbia and in Spain training. So that means he did travel. Um, and he, Djokovic claims that his PR team and his uh, manager checked the wrong box and made a mistake. Unfortunately, Frank, there are some things in life where you just can't make that type of mistake. So he kind of shot himself in the foot here, unfortunately. I still think, personally, I still think it's a bad look for everybody involved. Um, I still think the Australian government kind of handled this all wrong and their entities. I think that Novak Djokovic handled this completely the wrong way. The media spun it a little bit crazy, too. Um, It's unfortunate that he got deported, I'm going to say. It probably shouldn't have come to this from either side. 
but it is what it is. He uh, he didn't follow the rules in the end, and you know didn't give himself the opportunity. So um, here we are. He is now out of the tournament. Uh, he has been replaced by Salvatore Caruso in the first round. So Mir Marcus Monomich is uh, thanking the high heavens, and um, yeah, that's you know that's where we are, Frank. Yeah. So in regard to the draw, I believe what they are going to plan on doing is taking Zverev. Uh, no, not Zverev, Rublev, and Rublev will take Djokovic's spot at the top of that draw, um, just to give like some sort of balance to the draw at least. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that right now while you keep going. Yeah, that was that was what I had read that they were thinking about doing, but this is probably a fluid situation where they're not a hundred percent sure yet. Um, yeah, I I think that's a pretty good good summary of what happened. I'll read part of Novak's statement just to give our listeners some sort of idea of what he has been saying he said and i quote uh, oh you have uh, news about the draw go ahead yeah so um rublev will not be taking a spot salvatore caruso gets slid in as a lucky loser wow that is poorly poorly uh thought out unfortunately that's how it had it does happen with draws though they got to treat it like it's any other injury or retirement essentially so that's kind of how it goes but you know that Listen, that uh, kind of leaves the top half of the draw open, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, So, Novak's statement. This is from January 12th. Uh, So, this is post uh, the first deportation being revoked in his favor. Um, Novak had an address that said, I want to address the continuing misinformation about my activities and attendance at events in December in the lead up to my positive PCR COVID test result. This is misinformation, which needs to be corrected, particularly in the interest of alleviating broader concern in the community about my presence in Australia and to address the matters which are very hurtful and concerning to my family. Uh, I'll skip a little bit here. I attended a basketball game in Belgrade on the 14th of December, after which it was reported that a number of people tested positive with COVID-19. Despite having no COVID symptoms, I took a rapid antigen test on December 16th, which was negative, and out of an abundance of caution, also took an official and approved PCR test on that same day. The next day, I attended a tennis event in Belgrade. There's mistake number one. (laughs) Back to the quote. To present awards to children and took a rapid antigen test before going to the event, and it was negative. I was asymptomatic and felt good, and I had not received the notification of a positive PCR test result until after that event. The next day, on December 18th, I was at a tennis center in Belgrade to fulfill a long-standing commitment for an L'Equipe interview and photo shoot. I canceled all other events except for the L'Equipe interview. Just for context here, L'Equipe is probably one of the biggest sport magazines uh, in Europe. But regardless, Novak Djokovic is aware that he has a positive PCR test result at this time and still is out in public and going to a photo shoot and interview with L'Equipe. Back to the quote. I felt obliged to go ahead and conduct the L'Equipe interview as I didn't want to let the journalist down, but did ensure I socially distanced and wore a mask except when my photograph was being taken. While I went home after the interview to isolate for the required period, 
On reflection, this was an error of judgment, and I accept that I should have rescheduled this commitment. And I'm going to just stop the statement there because the rest of it is effectively what uh, Marcus has already summarized. This is a mess. <laughs> I mean, this is just this is just a mess on all accounts. I think that Novak made a grave error in judgment here. And to be honest, the timing of him getting COVID conveniently in the middle of December is suspicious for a lot of people, not really for me because the Omicron variant has been rapid all over the world. So that's somewhat believable. And to be honest with you, even if Novak did like on purpose make sure that he got COVID a month before the Australian Open, if he would have isolated, I wouldn't have cared. Like that's perfectly fine. Like, you know, in all honesty, I don't care. Yeah, absolutely fair game. Yeah, like, you know, you don't want to, if you want to get antibodies that way, go ahead, get antibodies that way. But I think for me, uh, this this is just another reason why so many people do not like him. Uh, like, this is why so many people will never consider him the greatest player of all time, despite statistically, he is very clearly the answer at this point, in my opinion. And... This is why so many people hold Rafa and Roger on another pedestal in comparison to Novak. And it's so ironic to me because Novak himself, this is his biggest motivator, right? This, this, why are Rafa and Roger on another level in comparison to me? Why always me, effectively? And he does it to himself. Uh, there's no other words for it other than he does it to himself yeah it's interesting and you know it has a lot to do with kind of the the values that they do value in eastern europe in comparison to like the western world um you know for him in his eyes he did nothing wrong which to us is you know might seem insane but truly and, and truthfully and honestly in this man's brain and in his heart of heart he thought he did nothing wrong and he thought it was an honest mistake that someone put that he you know didn't travel in the last 14 days i mean it's like you know frank there's just some mistakes in life that you just can't like there's just no going back from you can't forgive someone for that oh i checked the wrong box on my immigration form no you have perfect you pay people professionally a lot of money to handle these things for you they should be getting it right um this man probably doesn't have a job whoever checked off the wrong box but I mean, yeah, this is why Djokovic, you know, again, we are of the mindset that a purely on tennis court, he's the best ever. But a lot of people, again, don't consider him the greatest because they consider greatest on and off court. And he does not possess the off court tangibles like the uh, the other two gentlemen, Mr. Federer and Mr. Nadal do. Ah, I see that Marcus is slowly alluding to the argument that I have for why Novak is not the greatest player of all time. But I mean, it depends. Again, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about purely tennis, again, that's a whole other conversation. But um, Frank, let's talk a little bit about what the Australian Open now post, you know, Djokovic. Now the whole drama is kind of behind us a little bit for now. It's obviously still going to be discussed a lot. But what are we thinking now? Um, I know we had a contingency plan for this, but let's uh, let's remind our, our listeners what we think now of the tournament now that Salvatore Caruso is going to be uh, making the final. <laughs> Um, yeah, so just to, to fully tie out the Djokovic 
drama, so to say. Uh, he has agreed to be deported um, to leave the country voluntarily, whatever you want to call it. He's and already gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone. He's on a flight to Qatar or Dubai or wherever, yeah. So, so he's gone, UAE, he's yeah. out. And uh, I, I think the reason why the public health uh, you know, citation was held up in the courts, again, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer in Australia, so like, take this with a grain of salt, but I think the reason why it was held up was because there are now three instances of him lying uh, onto this visa. And at that point, like you're heading onto a slippery slope of like, well, if he lied about this and he lied about this and he lied about this, what else is this guy lying about? We can't keep him here. And on top of that, politically, 80, I think I read a poll that 83% of people in the state of Victoria wanted him gone. Uh, and I think that that's kind of just like period, end of story, game's done, that's it. Like, And if I was on Novak's team, to be honest, again... I, after the first deportation, I would have said, this is not worth it. We need to get out. Because if we get out, then like your people will feel sympathy for you of being kicked out of a tournament. Like, you know, you'll get some sympathy there. But now that, you know, the skeletons have been <laughs> revealed from the closet, this is a disaster. This is a major disaster for Novak. Again... We and all everyone, and I believe, in, again, and you know, views it that way, except I really believe he doesn't and his team doesn't. They really think that they got screwed here. I mean, we heard again the Serbian president just go on, you know, sound off in Australia. I mean, they really believe that he did everything right and that he did nothing wrong. And this is, again, this is the problem is that he doesn't understand the optics. And partially, it's not his fault because of where and how he grew up. Um, they don't, he just doesn't know. And, you know, should he know by now? Yeah, he probably should considering he's been a professional tennis player for 17 years. Um, you know, traveling around the world. And maybe if, again, you know what, maybe Djokovic just doesn't, he doesn't really care about his self-image as much as he says he does, because maybe he wouldn't be doing things like this. He just really cares about the results. Um, so that's why he desperately tried to stay in Australia because he knows he's extremely successful there. He's won it nine times the last three in a row. And he was doing everything in his power to go there and play. You know, maybe he went to a COVID party, said, you know, someone, hey, spit in my face. Let's give me, send me, give me some COVID so I can go down. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, his father was comparing him to Jesus Christ because of, like, how out of depth do you have to be to, like, start saying things like that? It's just astounding to me. And, like, this is... Like the 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 thing that I say about a lot of these players, the only exception really that we've spoken about is Sasha Zverev, who, if anything, the opposite has applied for him. You really cannot have your family be that close to you, because ultimately your family is gonna just agree with you. Like they have re- they they have the same viewpoints as you, right? Your family is the are the people that influence your viewpoints. In order to really get something different. You need that outside perspective. You need that third party, especially when you're in uh, a level of celebrity that these top tennis players are, right? Like even Rafael Nadal made that adjustment at some point to say, all right, Uncle Tony, this has been a phenomenal partnership. It's gotten me as far as like wildly farther than anyone would have imagined, but I need Carlos Moya now. 
I need an outside perspective to change my game up, right? And and Novak is just he 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 is forever going to be one of the most polarizing figures in the history, not only of tennis but in all of sports, because this Novak Djokovic issue has reached all across the globe. It has reached every sort of person, right? I mean, he has become an icon for people who are, you know, against vaccinations, against, you know, some of the protocols that are going on. And he has become like target number one of people who are staunchly for vaccination, staunchly for, um, you know, all the COVID restrictions and everything like that. So he, he put himself in the middle of not a hurricane of a tornado. So like, I don't know what this guy's Novak just needs to take a, in my opinion, he needs to take a few weeks off, if not a few months off, reflect and and reassess. And I think that the way that Rafael Nadal in particular has handled this has been masterful in the art of PR. Murray, same thing, right? Where the way that Australia, they both basically have both said the way that Australia has handled this has been disgraceful. They have did not treat him well. They did not treat him right. They made this public and they left him out to the wolves, right? And they should have, you know, had the consciousness to say, this is a celebrity. We need to, you know, try to keep this as private as possible. However, nobody is above this tournament and nobody is above the law. And if Novak really wanted to play in Australia that badly, he would have just gotten vaccinated and moved on. Because ultimately, that's effectively, that's what the rule is. So, and it's going to come down to that at some point. I mean, I know the French Open has said that they would not require vaccinations, but maybe the president of France does. We've spoken about Wimbledon, Boris Johnson, who knows what he's going to require. Um, he said he would prefer for everybody to be vaccinated. I know he's technically, Djokovic is technically not allowed inside the United States right now. Um, if you're a foreign national, you need a covid vaccine and a negative test result so he would have to get vaccinated to play the u.s open as of right now um it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few months and what he's gonna you know if he again if he really it seems it seems the way that the trajectory is going is that if he really wants to play tennis around the globe the way he does and wants to get you know these grand slam records and these masters events he's gonna have to get some sort of vaccination or some legitimate exemption now frank since he's out of the tournament we got a wide open draw up top now. Um, Sasha Sverev is uh, seems like he's in line to kind of make the final here. I don't really foresee him losing to anybody in that top half of the draw now. He's going to make the final. Um, Daniil Medvedev has a pretty much a cakewalk of a bottom half of the draw, so I would be really shocked if we don't see those two in the final. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, Basically, it's just basically, I think it's going to be those two in the final. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was saying this before uh, before Novak was even booted. I, I didn't think he had a shot. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's um, very clear. It's going to be Zverev and Medvedev, and uh, that's kind of about it. Uh, I think, you know, Novak, Novak being out doesn't really change much for me. I think that Zverev... Uh, is going to pretty much cruise through the top half of the draw and Daniel, uh, the top, the left side of the draw, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and Daniil Medvedev had a clear path before. It's still clear. I think really the only player on 
Daniil's side that I would be mildly concerned about, but not really, is uh, Yannick Sinner is on his side. But that's really the only player that I was like, okay, maybe could do something, maybe win a set. <laughs> um, but on Zverev's side, uh, the only player that I think could give him some trouble is maybe Felix Azure Aliassim that we've mentioned, FAA, uh, who, like we said, has had a great run-up and, and looks to be playing quite well. So this is good news for Felix. I think Felix probably makes the semifinals now. Um, also Rafael Nadal. Rafael Nadal, good news for him. Yeah, that, that half is kind of loaded, but it's just that we... Both of us believe that Zverev is just on another level to everybody else. Well, it just got significantly weaker now that Djokovic is not in it because it was Djokovic, Zverev, Nadal, all top half, Medvedev just chilling on the bottom with a hurt Tsitsipas. So now there's a little bit of relief with Djokovic gone. So now Zverev really just got to worry about maybe an FAA and then Nadal. I'm interested to see how Nadal's in form, rooting for him. I think it would be a great story if he can do something well here. Um, he's a dark horse. I don't think he would win the tournament, but, you know, he's definitely a threat, um, especially now that Novak's out. So, you know. Well, here's the thing. Rafael Nadal is going to lose to Thanasi Kokonakis. I was waiting to say this on the podcast because when Mar- I texted this to Marcus, he didn't believe me, and he was like, save this nonsense for the podcast, so I'll say it here. I do think that Kokonakis will upset someone, and I think if he doesn't beat Nadal, he's at least going to take a set or two off of him. I think that Kokonakis has had such a phenomenal run-up to this tournament. He's playing on such an emotional high. He just won Adelaide, his hometown uh, tournament, right? His first ATP title. I don't know. I just I, I, I like to take bold predictions here, so somebody's got to do it. Frank just went to one of those new legal New York dispensaries and got himself some ganja before making that pick, so yeah. Uh, yeah, well, putting my tinfoil hat away, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I do uh, I, I do agree with Marcus. I think it's very clearly going to be Zverev and Medvedev. Um, my pick was Medvedev to win the whole thing before. It was on the preview podcast I said Medvedev, so I'm going to stick with Medvedev and, and you know hold my conviction, but uh, Zverev, I think, is right there. And then on the, I, I briefly wanted to touch upon the women's side because I feel like Marcus and I both kind of want to try to at least talk about the women's side somewhat. Um, my prediction for the women's side is probably Ash Barty wins the whole thing. Uh, she won the warm up tournament pretty handily. Uh, she's been playing pretty well. So my pick would be Barty. Finally gets the Australian Open. Um, so that would be good for her. Uh, I think another player to watch out for on the women's side is Garbine Muguruza, uh, who won the WTA finals last year, has been playing pretty darn well. So she's another one to watch out for. Um, another, and then I'll give one more just to give it, I like to round it out with three, is um, Paula Badusa from Spain. Um, she just won the women's tournament in Sydney, I think it was. Uh, she beat Barbara Krejcikova in the final, played really well. She's been on an absolute tear over the past six months. She was also in the WTA uh, tour finals against Muguruza. Muguruza won. Um, but Badusa has been uh, on fire. She's always a legitimate shot. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's kind of my little spiel on the WTA side of things and, and then I think that's something that both of us want to start you know maybe throwing in two episodes going forward so uh, if any of you have like a good knowledge of the WTA you want to come on the podcast we would absolutely welcome that um, so yeah just let us know 
Yeah, no, we definitely want to talk more about the women's game. And the reason why we don't, honestly, is because we just don't know much about it. So we don't feel like we're qualified. Um, but we do want to be qualified and we want to talk with qualified people about it. Interested to see what Naomi Osaka does. Um, I think that if she is mentally ready to play, I think that no one beats her, honestly. I think that her game is just way too powerful for everybody. And I think, um, honestly, I think Simona Halep might be a dark horse in this tournament. I don't know. I'd like to see her play there. I think so, yeah, Frank. Frank's giving me the... The no, the disgusted no look, but no, I think that she could be a dark horse. So we'll yeah, see. Spe- speaking of Thanasi Kokonakis beating Rafael Nadal, Simona Halep is going to be challenging for Australia now. So, oh come on, man! I said worse, man. I said Bernard Tomic was going to qualify. So I, my credibility is kind of thrown out the window for this tournament. Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, follow us, Breakpoint Podcast Seven on Instagram. Email us if you got any questions, concerns, comments. Breakpoint Podcast Seven at gmail.com. Um, we're going to be dropping an episode on Tuesday and the Tuesday following that we're going to discuss some other topics and then an Australian open wrap up soon. And, uh, we're going to have some special guests soon coming up. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, stay, stay enlightened. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to having you guys keep listening. Yeah. And as always, if you could leave us a review on Spotify or Apple podcasts, that would be very much appreciated. That helps us get exposure uh, and helps this podcast reach other people who might enjoy it, which is great. So uh, thanks for listening. You guys have been awesome. Uh, we look at the analytics almost every episode and, you know, really positive stuff there. So we appreciate it. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. And we will catch you guys next time. Signing off. Thank you.